Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Mystery Meat Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ruben, and with me are my other two co-hosts, uh, Robbie and Green. Uh, say hello. Uh, it's me, Donna Tachi's, uh biggest fan. <laughs> hello. All right, so we have uh, three albums for you to review today. We have, first up, oh shit, hold on. We have The Stranger by Billy Joel, unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. And Donatachi.com by um, Donatachi. Yes. Oh, sorry, it, it just wasn't loaded for me. Cut that out, Kareem. Uh, so, uh, first up, we have The Stranger by Billy Joel, and I'll be presenting that today. Chicken, Peter, you just a little chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. How are you calling a chicken? Uh, so, William Martin Joel, uh, he was born in May 9th, 1949. He's an American singer, pianist, and songwriter. He's commonly nicknamed The Piano Man after his signature 1973 song of the same name. Joel has had a successful music career as a solo artist since the 1970s. From 1971 to 1993, he released 12 studio albums that spanned the genres of pop and rock music. And in 2001, released an album of classical music compositions. Joel is one of the world's best-selling music artists and the fourth best-selling solo artist in the United States. With over six, uh, one, uh, 160 million records sold worldwide, his 1984 compilation album, Greatest Hits, Volume 1 and Volume 2, is one of the best-selling albums in the United States. So... The album we listened to was called The Stranger, and it's his fifth studio album. Uh, it was released in September 1977 by Columbia Records. It was the first of Joel's albums to be produced by Phil Raymond, uh, with whom he would work for five second uh, subsequent albums. The overall vibe, because I'm not going to get too much into the album history, uh, there's a little bit of background to it, uh, but it's more of just like a, kind of like Trying to find that uh, high energy and that one around edges feel. Uh, so he was kind of kind of capturing that in his music. Uh, a lot with the saxophone, the flutes, uh, the clarinets and the organs. It's pretty soft, but like it, it does. There's a lot of um, lot upbeat ones that uh, have a meaning kind of like they're not really happy, but like only the good die young, right? That kind of sounds really happy with all the horns, but it's uh, kind of sad if you think about it. <laughs> but uh, what's, what's your guys' uh, opinions on it? I liked the album. Um, it sounded good. It, it actually, to me, manages to not fall into a problem where it sounds like the fucking decade it's released. Um, and in general, of the three albums today, this was the one I actually liked. Um, the album art's okay. I, I think it's trying to be a, a deep with him looking at a mask, and I, I'm assuming what that means is that he puts on a mask, and so he's a stranger to himself, which, uh, I guess, um, as far as a pop rock album goes, it's pretty good. It doesn't sound uh, like it's a 70s album, which again is good, because it. what I mean is it feels timeless. Um, in, in general, I, li- I like the album, I think. Yeah, uh, I'd say, yeah, I agree. It definitely does have a timeless feel to it. And um, I obviously I've heard about Billy Joel, but I didn't realize how many songs on this I've actually heard before. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. I, I, I really liked this. I liked uh, Moving Out. I love that one. Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, Stranger. 
Uh, I like his voice. You didn't, you didn't like moving out. No, you didn't. Yeah, I you did. No, you didn't. <laughs> You're not a real Billy Joel fan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Anthony's song. I liked Anthony's song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely out of the three. Probably my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed Billy Joel, uh, but I wouldn't say, like, he's my favorite artist, obviously. But, like, this album definitely is one of the ones where, like, I think he kind of, like, shines and excels in. Um, kind of just, um, you know, just uh, is kind of highlights Billy Joel's piano skills and his um, composing and kind of like that, how he kind of, like, puts together a song, uh, in my view. So yeah, uh, I I recommend this album very much. If we want, we can get to review. We can get to um, our ratings. Sure, if that's all right. All right. Eight. I'm gonna give it an eight too. Uh, I'll give it a nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. I... How much is that? How many? How many mystery meat sticks is that? That's an eight point three out of ten mystery meat sticks, and that's probably going to be our highest rated album of this episode. Nice. Hell yeah. Wow, look at that. Ruben actually um, proposed an album I didn't immediately decide to fit on. Nope. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's my turn for that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Now, if you'll excuse me, I still have some work to do. Fatty, would you like some sausage? Fatty, would you like some sausages? Fatty, would you like some sausage? Sausages! Sausages! So, Natasha Bedingfield is a name you might know if you grew up in the 2000s and you remember the year 2004 or 2005 or 2006 at all. Um, Unwritten is her debut album, released September 6, 2004, recorded from 03 to 04 on the labels Phonogenic and Epic. Natasha Bedingfield's from New Zealand. Um, she attended Linfield College, and as a teenager, her and her siblings formed a electro group called the DNA Algorithm. And this group allowed her to basically explore different music genres and expand her songwriting abilities. She was the vocals for the group, and they primarily performed dance pop about independence and empowerment, themes that would later find their way into her solo albums like Unwritten. She also sang the vocals on a track called Refined Intricacy by Origins at the age of 14. Um, at the University of Greenwich later on, she would study psychology, but she left to concentrate on singing and, uh, write, and songwriting. She'd record demos in friends' garages, and those friends had recording studios, and then her music would be presented to the record labels. In the early 2000s, she had composed, wrote, and recorded songs for Hillsong Church UK, which is a charismatic, non-denominational megachurch in the UK. So, you know, that's, that's nice and above board. Fucking dumbasses. Anyways... <laughs> Her songs at that time would appear on the live albums, uh, include such as Blessed, Shouts God's Fame, and a children's album named Jesus Is My Superhero by Hillsong Music Australia. Oh, I know so, Hillsong Music. <laughs> so as far as a secular music career, she'd be introduced to the founder and uh, phonogenic Paul Lisberg by her manager Gary Wilson. And Lisberg was initially hesitant, saying uh, that they were good but weren't right for us. 
However, later at another meeting, he heard her singing ability and her vocal ad-libbing firsthand, and then he became excited about her potential. Label interest would later be confirmed when a trial studio session together with the writers Steve Kipner and Andrew Frampton produced songs that were in keeping with it, um, the founder's vision for phonogenic. He would, and Beddingfield would later sign a recording contract with BMG UK and Ireland through the imprint Phonogenic Records in July of 2003. Her album, like I already said, would be released in September of 2004, and it would feature collaborations with Steve Kipner, Danielle Braceboy, Nick Lachey, James Riley, Andrew Frampton, Wayne Wilkins, Cara Diogardi, Guy Chambers, Patrick Leonard, and the weirder feature would be Bizarre. Um, to touch on that for a second, the song Drop Me in the Middle, which isn't a single, would feature Bizarre on the international editions of the album, but on the U.S. editions would instead feature Estelle. I'm not exactly sure who greenlit the idea to get the rapper who sang about f***ing his own grandmother and uh, shitting on, you know, his niece or whatever on this album. But here he is with a surprisingly safer work verse. And no, I have not heard the Estelle version. I'm not actually sure why they didn't just go with Estelle for all versions of the album. So the album had four singles. Single, these words, unwritten, and I bruise easily. And um, I don't think we had it on our version. There is a hidden track called Sojourn. It comes after Wild Horses. I don't know if we got it, though. On release, the album actually received generally positive reviews from critics. It got a 7 out of 10 from Pop Matters, and it was described as a brand of clever R&B-infused pop, which honestly, it is. I think to some extent it's extremely average. However, Bettingfield does show that she is different from her contemporaries at the time because of her ad-libbing, because of her vocal style. These are very catchy songs, and they can get extremely annoying extremely quickly. Yeah, I can see that. Like some of the tracks you've probably heard, like you've probably heard most of these tracks. You've probably heard these words, single, unwritten, I bruise easily, if you're gonna... You know, drop me in the middle of wild horses. Like, no, I've heard a few. Yeah, yeah, like Bettingfield wasn't an unknown name, even though she's more or less been forgotten now. Which is ironic because VH1 in 2012 ranked her as number 66 out of 100 on the 100 greatest women in music, which I, I disagree with. But um, what do you guys think? Uh, I, I mean, it's not that bad but i've definitely heard unwritten too many times against my will and i'm not happy with that so um uh i'm gonna talk about the tracks i did like though i I liked uh, i'm a bomb if you're gonna jump and drop me in the middle but i definitely could live without bizarre's uh <laughs> uh being in it i i don't want to wiggle his big stomach um <laughs> wait does he rap about that yeah he has a line where it's like oh, uh, wiggle my god. big stomach like god and it was some. So of course he has to make it fucking. And then he rhymes always. ghetto with ghetto. It's like, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Uh, let me look yeah. up the actual lyrics. I, I, no, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, right I was now. about to say you'll you'll be tickled pink by his uh, verse. Oh yeah, I forgot how it starts. Bizarre from D12. My girl Natasha. Like, <laughs> what the fuck does this mean? Okay, so let's analyze a song for once. Um, where's a fucking rap genius? There it is. Okay. Oh, no, they have the Estelle version! Oh, wow. my God. Oh, man. So, yeah, let's look at this. 
Bizarre from D12. Here we go with my girl Natasha from the low wind. Ha ha ha. <laughs> okay, um so I I I know why they got Bizarre. It's probably because Bizarre is the cheapest person affiliated with the Manim that you can get. Um Proof was alive. Yeah, he was he was alive. I I know that. Right? One second. Uh, I mean, some came out in so. like what? It came out in 04. Yeah, he was alive. Okay. okay. Yeah, so they couldn't get proof. They couldn't get stat quo. They couldn't get a Kaniva. The only member of D12 who they had $5 <laughs> for was Bizarre. Um, and I will shit on Bizarre completely willingly because most of his shit in here is literally just while she's doing something. Like in the pre chorus, all he does is go, What? Yeah. Do something. <laughs> get, what, 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 what? Like. It's so okay, D twelve bizarre, the big kid that wraps a thousand kids in shower caps, which is a lie. No one <laughs> thinks a shower cap looks cool. Um, uh, autographs and hugs. Shower wherever cap he... looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it just makes him look like a loser. Autographs and hugs wherever you want it. Matter of fact, you can rub on my big stuff. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I'd rather not. In the ghetto, raised in the ghetto. I need a medal for getting the hell out the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, he just okay. So bad. Jesus Christ. I'm going to dare dye my hair green and join in no doubt. Yeah, so, um, the Estelle version is probably far better than whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> I really, really hope you know that. I would give this song, because of Bizarre, like, it, we're not starting fucking song ratings, but this song, it gets like a, a 3 out of 10 just because Bizarre is on it. If he's not on it, it jumps up to like a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. He really does bring the the song down. Yeah, like holy fuck. Um and they they had Estelle on the US edition and we were cursed to listen to the international edition of the album. Wow, that's great. Um okay, so before we resume, yeah. Have we all gotten our thoughts out on the album? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, I guess okay. I'd just say just cuz it's funny. It's it's funny on Spotify he's not credited. <laughs> That song. Yeah, that's that's why I was surprised because he isn't credited on the album at all. <laughs> Let's get into ratings. I'm giving it a five. I'll give it a six. Mm, I had to. I had to give it. Mm, I'm gonna go with Robbie here. I'm gonna give it a five. That's fair. God, can you oh, imagine? Five point three out of ten mystery meat sticks. Could you imagine Yay. a fucking music video? Because I was trying to look up a music video for that fucking <laughs> the bizarre version. I was hoping. But <laughs> there is not. Oh, sadly. did it only have Estelle? No, there's no music video for either, I guess. Oh, damn. I really wanted to see him just standing behind her with the shower cap, shirtless. Ugh. God. This All right, Kareem. So tell us about Donatachi.com. This animated drawing shows how a farrowing house without a guardrail permits the sow to lie on her offspring, causing injury or death. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh,. Yeah, for one, yeah, yes, dude, it's an actual website you can uh, go to. Uh, it's just, there are, like, links for, like, SoundCloud and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, the my dumb brain likes that. <laughs> anyway, Donatachi.com is the debut album for the artist Donatachi. Uh, they're a producer from Sydney, Australia. And uh, I don't have too much, but Last FM describes them as someone who, quote unquote, seems to be shaping the genreless musical utopia we're barreling towards, boasting a veritable who's who of future pop voices in their collaborators and a reverence towards the early millennium top 40 stars, as well as modern club 
boundary pushers in their production. Across their originals and remixes, the independent artist creates plush soundscapes that are full to bursting with hyper-colored sound design and forward-thinking club beats, all with an optimistic flair and unironic love of the genre. Um, so there Hold you up. go. Who is saying we're going towards a dystopia? Uh, Last FM, that's under their uh, biography description for... Oh, oh, lovely. Okay, okay. I that's where I found a lot of, like, that's not, that's not the only uh, website that uses that as the description, by the way. I don't know who originally wrote that, but that's what usually keeps coming up, that, uh, I guess, article or review someone had. We also have some other artists on this, since, like, uh, Guntachi, uh, did the production. Uh, so we have Hard Eyes, Chime, Cowgirl Clue, uh, Romarin, and Laika. Uh, I don't, I didn't look too much into all of their, uh, individual stuff, but, uh, they do also seem to have, like, different SoundClouds and, uh, other stuff on Spotify. Uh, but let's just, uh, get into the album, since, uh, we love it so much. <laughs> yeah, so what did you think of it, Kareem? Let's start with you, because you suggested it. Um, I, it was okay. I don't hate it, and it, I don't hate hate it, and it kind of made me feel nostalgic in, like, a weird way, but, like, I, I can't, like, if I, if you tell me, oh, what's your favorite track on this, I'm not gonna really be able to give you an answer, because it all just kind of blends together, in a way, like, I don't think they all sound the same, but, like, I just kind of turn my brain off at a certain point, and I can't really tell you which one really stands out to me, like, it's fine if I have, if I'm, like, okay, if I'm gonna, like, scroll through the fucking, like, Twitter or some shit for, like, an hour or whatever, I'll probably put this on and not even think about it. But, like, I don't really have much to say. I wouldn't be like, oh, dude, you gotta check this shit out. You know what I mean? The album art's okay. It's I, I it's kind of cute. But, uh, that's it. You know, that, I don't really have much to add. Hey, Ruben, what do you think I, of it? I wouldn't put it on my first suggestion to, uh, scroll Twitter through or anything through. Um, I would probably not think about it at all if i'm going to be honest with you if you didn't show me it uh, i probably could have went my life without it mm-hmm. for a long 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 time and i hate you <laughs> for sake just so i know exactly how kareem found this album and it's actually my fault that said here here's what i think of it the album cover is trying too fucking hard to be nostalgic. This is not how a lot of shit in the 2000s and 90s looked. I'm sorry, they weren't that glossy. Okay, so the, the one of the reasons I'm annoyed is because Kareem came over here and told me, oh, it's 2000s nostalgia, and everyone else is saying that, and they're all fucking wrong. Okay, this doesn't sound like the 2000s at all. It sounds like modern, you know, stupid-ass, hyper-pop bullshit. Farrah Abraham was better than this, and yes, that's not a joke. That's my actual opinion, because I would rather go back through her fucking weirdly produced album and listen to it violate my eardrums again. There was one song on here I liked, which was Cloud Nine with Cookie on it. So, yeah, that that was only one song. The rest of them I kind of just hated. This isn't even, it doesn't work as browsing music like Kareem would love to claim. It also doesn't really work if, like, I'm going around VR chat because guess what? It sucks, okay? I, it's, it's drivel. It's trying way too fucking hard to be goddamn, what am I trying to say here? It's trying too hard to be nostalgic, but also trying to be this weird, like, tumblery bullshit. I, I just don't like it. The production is fine, but yeah, it sounds the same, constantly. 
Like, and I don't even think they actually use their vocals at all, which is fine. I think they pretty much just do the production, which is why you have a fucking feature on every album. Oh, no, no, they use their vocals on Cry. Never mind. But, like, also a lot of these features suck. Like, Cowgirl Clue made me want to rip my head off. Jesus fucking Christ. So, yeah, um, I would rather listen to the Evanescence knockoff band Ruben suggested weeks ago <laughs> or a month ago or whatever, because they don't make me pissed as much. I'm giving this album a fucking two, Kareem. Wow. I'm gonna also give it a two. Wow, I'm giving it a five. Well, you wow. can go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a... Three out of ten mystery meat sticks, actually. Wow, look at your five. Wow, well, you're okay. gonna suck my dick next week, because, you know... Oh, because you're suggesting Smash Mouth? No, I'm not. That that album is either going to be another five, or... God, who knows. Alright, we want to talk it. about our albums for next week, because I suggested another album that's going to be average. Black Elvis slash Lost in Space by Cool Keith. And I'll get in next week why it's fucking painful. I am suggesting Welcome to My Nightmare uh, by Alice Cooper. And I got uh, Fushi Main by Smash Mouth. Okay. Wow. Fushi Main? Yeah. Fushi Main. What the fuck? Dude, did you really? I hate you. What do you Green. mean, hate me? You're going to. Dude, you're going to suck you. my dick. You're going to suck my dick. Ugh, you suck, man. Also, remember, 